We begin today with a political earthquake here in the United States. Republican candidate Glenn Youngkin pulled off a shock win over the Democrats in the hotly contested race to become the next governor of the state of Virginia. The results are seen as a dire warning for the Democrats ahead of midterm elections next year when one third of the Senate and the entire House of Representatives will be up for grabs. A newcomer to politics, Youngkin defeated former Democrat Governor Terry McAuliffe and he becomes the first Republican to win statewide office in Virginia in 12 years. Youngkin promised immediately to improve schools, lower taxes and build what he calls a new day for Virginians. A new day where all Virginians, all of us, can deserve to look forward to grabbing, to aspiring, to dreaming and then achieving that great Virginia promise. God bless you all. Together, together, we will change the trajectory of this Commonwealth. And friends, we are going to start that transformation on day one. Now, when that race in Virginia began, polls showed Terry McAuliffe, the former Democrat governor, would easily win. After all, Joe Biden took the state by 10 percentage points in the presidential election only one year ago. But in an emotionally charged campaign, Glenn Youngkin largely steered clear of the more controversial aspects of Donald Trump's presidency and capitalized instead on growing disappointment with the Biden administration, setting up a blueprint for the Republican camp ahead of the 2022 midterms. Just hours before the results came in, as he prepared to leave COP26 in Glasgow, President Biden rather rashly predicted a win for his party in a state where Democrats have not lost a single election since 2009. Democrat Terry McAuliffe is struggling in a state that you won by 10 points. Do you, see, do you see his problems as a rebuke of your presidency? We're going to win. I think we're going to win in Virginia. And you know you're reporting it being close. The race is very close. I, I don't believe, and I've not seen any evidence, that whether or not I am doing well or poorly, whether or not I've got my agenda passed or not, is going to have any real impact on winning or losing. Well, that prediction, of course, was wrong. And there was more bad news from New Jersey, where the gubernatorial election is currently too close to call. Republican Jack Chatterelli and incumbent Democrat Phil Murphy are locked in an unexpected neck-and-neck -neck battle. Votes are still being tallied in some of the Democratic Party's anticipated strongholds. Murphy still hopes to become the first Democratic governor to win re-election in New Jersey for four decades. But a recount now seems likely. 
The elections were the first major tests of voter sentiment since Joe Biden took office, and the results are a massive warning sign that voters in key battlegrounds have grave reservations about him. The Biden administration has been facing criticisms after the chaotic Afghanistan withdrawal and a stalled $3 million infrastructure agenda on Capitol Hill. The administration has also faced public resistance over its management of COVID-19. For more, let's cross, as we often do, to my WEON correspondent, Susan Terrani, who joins us live today from New York. And Susan, uh, I mean, Joe Biden was actually stepping off Air Force One at Andrews Air Force Base as Glenn Youngkin in Virginia was taking to the stage to declare victory. These results are a massive blow for the Biden presidency and the White House more broadly. Absolutely, Simon. And first of all, it demonstrates how out of touch the Biden administration is with the sentiment of the country. Just this weekend, we had polls that demonstrated how uh, Americans are dissatisfied with his performance on the one hand, but also just 10 months into his presidency to be able to flip Virginia by uh, 10 to 12 percentage points. And now we see New Jersey, you know, a deep blue state's neck and neck uh, with Republicans. And I think that um, what we see here is uh, the American public really uh, focusing on quality of life issues at this point and, uh, and being a little bit frustrated uh, with the ideological outreach that the Democratic Party has been focusing on. And I think what we saw in Virginia and perhaps what we're seeing, depending Depending on what happens in New Jersey, it's still a sign uh, that the Democrats will have to really focus on major issues at the end of the day, as opposed to these ideological factors that they've been focusing on, like critical race theory, wokeism, and whatnot. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, in Virginia, it was a lot about schools. It was a lot about mask mandates. You're coming out of a uh, COVID mandated year and when parents take their kids to school they're they're pumping gas into their cars there's inflation there's a supply chain issue and I think uh, really Yunkin what he did was focus on these issues more and I think Republicans will be focusing on these issues as well moving forward and it is it's it's going to be an issue for the Democrats to be able to uh, steer into the center a little more and and try to gain momentum once again after these uh, these elections that we saw. Also, the lieutenant governorship in Virginia moved to a Republican side as well. Absolutely. Uh, Susan, stay there. We're going to come back to you in just a moment. But there is one other election that we want to tell everyone about, and that is the news that Eric Adams will become just the second African-American to lead America's biggest city. As expected, the former police captain cruised to victory in the race to become mayor of New York City as voters picked a leader from candidates who were largely defined by their stances on police and crime. The Democratic 
candidate defeated Republican candidate Curtis Sliwa to become New York City's 110th mayor. Adams emerged victorious with promises to boost public safety and provide a voice to working-class residents. Drawing on his own experience as a police captain and as a black man who experienced police brutality as a youth, his message on crime and his experience as a police officer largely insulated him from attacks launched by his Republican opponent. And if that opponent's name, Curtis Sliwa, is familiar, it's because he was the founder of the Guardian Angels anti-crime patrol group, which made massive headlines all over the world back in the 1980s. Adams, who is 61, takes over in January from Democrat Bill de Blasio, who was term limited after eight years in office. So brothers and sisters and the people of our city, they have spoken. And tonight, New York has chosen one of you, one of our own. I am you. I am you. After years of praying and hoping and struggling and working, we are headed to City Hall. All of you have that power to fuel us. We are so divided right now, and we're missing the beauty of our diversity. We have to end all of this division of who we are, Will we go to Russia? What do we wear? No. Today we take off the intramural jersey and we put on one jersey, Team New York. The new mayor will face the task of overseeing the largest American city's nascent recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as confronting wealth inequality, the lack of affordable housing and struggling public schools. He had been expected to win handily the overwhelmingly democratic city. This campaign was about this city and the people in it, from every corner and every background in the city. Those who have been left behind and believe they will never catch up. This campaign was for the underserved, the marginalized, the abandoned. This campaign was for those who have been betrayed by their government. There's a covenant between government and the people of our city. You pay your taxes, we deliver your tax dollars through goods and services. We have failed to provide those goods and services January 1st, that stops. That stops. So let's go back to Susan Tarani, who is right there in New York City. And Susan, I mean, there was never any doubt about the outcome of this race. But Democrats, I think, will take some solace uh, from the fact that they are still performing very strongly in a progressive stronghold like New York. And certainly this victory of Eric Adams is going to boost the left wing of the Democratic Party, isn't it?
To an extent, and Eric Adams, again, was uh, smart and wise in running his campaign on an optimistic note, as we saw in those sound bites. He talked about unity, bringing the city together, and he was uh, very wise in, again, running this campaign on a left-centrist uh, uh, message, uh, as opposed to someone like the current mayor, Bill de Blasio, who really had this sort of progressive messaging uh, constantly throughout his administration and right now is uh, frankly disliked by almost everyone in New York, dare I say, and uh, people are waiting for him to really uh, end his term and leave, you know, with the mandates and with the high crime. So Eric Adams will have his hands full, but also, you know, being a former NYPD police officer, uh, he's going to have a good relationship uh, with uh, the largest force of uh, the police force in the country, which is very important at a time when New York is facing high crime rates, but he's also uh, an African-American, uh, which is very important uh, for the large African-American community here. But it's also important to note that he really didn't focus on race. Again, that ideological overreach that the progressive front of the Democratic Party has been focusing on that has not been to their favor as we see uh, uh, right now. You know, the quality of life issue is really something Americans have been focusing on. I just want to mention we did see also in Minneapolis uh, that voters rejected the defund the police movement, for example. That was another vote uh, that we saw, a highly progressive uh, state. But again, they want the quality of life uh, aspect of the uh, you know uh, issue being front and center, despite the fact that they want reform. They don't want their police departments to be uh, defunded. So the sentiment of the country really, uh, you know, moving towards that direction. And I think the Democrats will take note. Yeah, it was notable that last week there was a poll in New Hampshire of likely voters, another vital battleground state, showing 68% of voters think the United States is on the wrong track. Susan Terrani, live for us in a chilly New York City. Thanks very much indeed for that. We will talk to Susan again soon.